Hi guys, welcome to a very special episode of Seize the Moment podcast. So today we have one of my favorite people in the entire world who has one of the most awesome podcasts ever. We have the four-time WCW champion and the six-time former NWA heavyweight champion, Jeff Jarrett. Thank you so much Hello, for coming on, Jeff. <laughs> Leon, how you doing, brother? I'm digging the shirt, my man. Thank you and, so much, man. And over your shoulder, that's a Johnson jersey. Is that? So that's Brad Johnson, former quarterback. Yeah, yep. Brad Johnson. Yes. Okay. Yep. Former quarterback of the Tampa Bay Bucks. So he was actually on our podcast a couple of weeks ago. Oh, cool. Very cool. No, I appreciate me all. But yeah, I thought that's a Brad Johnson. So yeah, yeah in, a, in a Bucks jersey and you don't have a Brady jersey back there, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah. If, if I could get Brady to sign a jersey and ship it over to me, I'd definitely put it up there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate having me on. I, I really do. Absolutely. All right. So Jeff, today, man, so what I really want to focus on is character development. And so the thing that really fascinated about your work and about your character in particular was how you literally went from this kind of a, what would you call it? It's a bit of a cardboard box character, right? Which was still cool, the Double J character, but you turned it into something really special when you kind of developed the slap nuts role. And, you know, kind of when you had that whole sort of character with, uh, with Deborah and you became, uh, it was turned into like a kind of a beef and a war with China and the WWF. So can you take us back to WWF Superstars, how it all began on December 18th, 1993, right? And how that Double J character developed over time into the person that we knew as the chosen one and obviously eventually the king of the mountain. Wow, dude, you've done your homework, Leon. Yeah. <laughs> no, all good. No, you know, and a lot of people, um, a lot of fans obviously saw me step onto the WWF stage at that time, WWF, in 1993. But I had come from, you know, uh, the territory days and, and my father's promotion. And I was, as, as Conrad calls, uh, uh, Conrad calls it on the My World podcast, the Simply Irresistible Daves, the Robert Palmer song. But, you know, I was a good guy slash baby face for six or seven years. And so uh, that was the first character, uh, if you want to call it that, 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 you know, as I got into the business. So stepping uh, into the WWF at that time, it was the new generation era, era. So, you know, there was Razor Ramon, a character, Diesel, the Heartbreak Kid, uh, you know, Bret Hart, the Hitman, the One, Two, Three Kids. So there are a lot of different characters, but, you know, me being from Nashville and, um, me and Vince, uh, you know, as we collaborated, but, uh, you know, I, I got to give him all the props. He looked at my name and look, I'd obviously born with the name, but I'd never really homed in on, you know, there's two J's, there's two F's, there's two R's, there's two T's, and, and then the spelling of it, and which really identified to this day, uh, you know, the, 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 the real genesis uh, of, of the character of, you know, I've got an accent, I'm from Nashville, home of country music, uh, and, and, and it just sort of popped and rang. And so that fit in the new generation era. But obviously, as the Attitude Era came along, um, there, it was time to move on past that character. And so there were obviously Stone Cold and The Rock and DX and Mankind and so many identifiable characters. Um, things just sort of fit into uh, the, we'll call it the don't piss me off, the slap nuts, uh, because don't piss me off and slap nuts are very similar. Just one was in WWF, one was in WCW. So it's really just evolving over the time. And then as I got into TNA and, you know, the king of the mountain was appropriate for s several reasons, you know, we'll, I skipped over the chosen one a little bit. That was more in that WCW second run. Uh, but, you know, getting in tune with, um, 
you know, the, I, I think it's so important that, uh, that it is a protagonist antagonist. And yes, there are, you know, in our business, they call them tweeners. I'm sure you know what a tweener is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got two on your shirt, you know, Kevin and Scott came in as the guys from up North, but they were so cool and hip. And so that NWO vibe, uh, was it straight, you know, a traditional heel, if you will. So character development is something that I believe to this day, um, it's hard to put your finger on it. And a lot of people, um, don't even try to go there. They, they want to focus a hundred percent on the in-ring product, but at the end of the day, character development is the true money in this industry. Yeah, man. And I remember your WCW run that night that you ran in and smacked Buff Bagwell with the guitar over the head. That was epic, man. So just the fact that somebody could think about it in terms of like, you know, what do we have to provide this product, you know, outside of obviously the in-ring stuff, which is super important, but to think like, what's going to pop, right? What's going to get the fans to go, holy shit, right? That promo, man, that you did that night when you picked up, when you picked up the mic and you pretty much, you, you know, the stroke that became your finisher and you said, yeah, come on, Buff, I'll talk to you about stroke. Like that was epic. Who came up with that? Uh, that was a collaborative uh, effort. You know, the timing was right because the, literally the night before, I wrestled China. Right. And so nobody really expected me to even, you know, show up, uh, if you will, uh, the very next night. And then uh, just, you know, where uh, Vince Russo and Ed Farrar were, were taking the product. Uh, but, you know, it, to the best of my recollection, I, I'm sure Vince was the head writer. So he had to give the direction and um, like most things that turn out good, it's a real collaborative effort between talent and, and, and writer. Uh, and so, you know, Buff was such a mainstay through the years of WCW. It just all connected. Yeah. And then, so whose idea was the NWO 2000? Because, you know, I'm, I'm, you might agree with me on this, right? But putting the double J in that you were in, let's say, 95, 96 into NWO, that wouldn't have worked, right? Your character was just not a good fit for them. But the chosen one character meshed with Bret Hart, you know, Scott Hall, Scott Steiner, and Kevin Nash. That was actually perfect. And if anything, man, you could have made a case for you have been the leader at the time, or maybe putting you in as the leader at the time. You know, we have, uh, especially just here recently, we've had a lot of fun on my world about the four horsemen, you know, I was in the four horsemen. I was in the bullet club. I was in NWO that iteration of NWO 2000. I'm not a big fan on, um, you know, reimagining or repeating or reformulating, uh, because, you know, there in my mind, I grew up a huge wrestling fan and the original four horsemen are the best four horsemen. I think the original NWO and, and before they got too many members, I just think I, when I think NWO, I think Kevin Scott and Hulk, um, it, it's that original group that connects with the audience and the imagination. But that being said, when we put it together, you know, we didn't have an opportunity for it to, to really play out. I think they were obviously fantastic personalities, Brad and, and, and Scott and Kevin, just how it was all coming together. Um, but it really did because of injuries, because of circumstances. Uh, but the four of us, um, I've actually got a picture in my wall in there that when I, I from time to time, people will come over and they'll look at it. And it's a, more or less a conversation starter. But uh, yeah, we could have had a lot of fun with that, but circumstances just didn't play out for a number of reasons. 
I hear you, man. Damn, that would have been something so special. And so going back into character development, one of my good friends, Douglas Edwards, so he's a writer and he wrote a book called Philosophy Smackdown about the philosophy of, of professional wrestling. And so he wanted to pass along a question asking, in kind of merging the character together, right, with the personality that you obviously were, right, you know, the human being that you are, do you feel like Jeff Jarrett, the character, sometimes kind of blended with Jeff Jarrett, the person, making it different to, difficult to distinguish between the two? I've, I've, without question, um, and this is on my own personal experience, but the most successful characters are, you are playing a part, uh, and, and it can be very, very small and minute, but you're playing a, a part of your own personality that you just extended. I always use the undertaker. There's a part of Mark Calloway that truly is the dead man, truly is the undertaker. And he took that and with Vince McMahon and the creative and the television production at WWE and then they made it into but there's only one undertaker because that's Mark Calloway under all of that and I think with Double J you know I'm a huge country music fan and so it wasn't a stretch at all uh I like to think I can sing others have different opinions but no uh but no so playing an extension of my personality with the Double J and then the uh the don't piss me off character and then the chosen one and the king of the mountain all of those are, are little snippets uh, of, of a personality that, that I can live vicariously through or, but anyway, I, I think it's so important that, uh, and you can, to me, I, I've often watched a lot of, you know, I watch content to this day. I watch wrestling all the time. When somebody starts speaking and they don't believe it, it's impossible for their audience to believe it. And when I do seminars or talk to different guys, that's right up there at the top of, if you don't believe in what you're saying, uh, look, yes, we're, we're in a scripted entertainment industry, but that's neither here nor there. It's the great actors, whether it's De Niro or, or who you pick your favorite actor, they literally get into character. Uh, and so you have to have that mindset. And if you don't believe what you're saying, you're never going to be successful. Yeah, absolutely, man. And what was it like for you winning that WCW title for the first time? Oh, that was super cool. You know, um, I, I believe uh, you're lying to yourself if, if you get into this injury in industry and it, at some point say, I don't want to be a champion. Maybe not world champion. Maybe it's tag champ or maybe it's uh, whatever. But you want, to, you want to rise to the top because it is a symbol. Uh, yes, again, it's scripted entertainment. But when you are given the role of playing the champion, you, you have arrived at some level of competency. And so uh, I grew up watching the big gold belt. You know, uh, again, I'm a Southern guy. So the big gold belt symbolized a lot about my uh, teenage years and, you know, watch Flair and the Funks and the Briscoes. And, you know, my father's favorite champion was Dory Funk Jr. So that lineage of that title uh, is very important to me and my family that goes back three generations. So the big gold belt to be WCW champion in Chicago, huge wrestling market. I'd been there many years before. That was really Super Clash 3 was my first, one of my first really big shows. So to win in Chicago was very, very special. And yeah, it's, um, it, was, it was definitely a dream come true uh, on some level. So was that a bigger moment than you becoming a horseman? Oh, <laughs> get Conrad on here and debate. <laughs> so did you guys, did you guys finally settle it? Was Jeff Jarrett a horse? I've never debated it. Arn Anderson said it. Ric Flair just said it this week right. on a phone call. Yep, uh, how, 
Conrad's having a little uh, – he, he, he just likes to get sideways and chastise me. No, I'm kidding. All good. We've had a lot of fun with it. And the, the engagement on um, uh, the, the social media has been a blast. So, uh, But it's never been, never been in dispute to me. <laughs> no, but that's so cool, right? I mean, to have been a part of not only the NWO but the horseman, right? Despite, I mean, like, look, despite the fact that, yes, it might have not been the NWO or the horseman at its prime, I mean, I still think in terms of what you had to offer both sections was still pretty significant, especially the NWO 2000, man. Despite how much heat that got, that was honestly one of my favorite stables of all time. Because how often do you get Jared, Bret Hart, Scott Steiner, Nash, and Hall in the group all together? And, like, you know, Goldberg is their main rival. It was cool. That's what I'm saying. We just didn't get the opportunity. Injuries and circumstances and contracts and just the time. But it was a really – when they laid it out to me, I can vividly remember this conversation. I pulled over and talked to Scott. I'm like, dude, this, this has an opportunity. I know it's NWO, but NWO 2000 – but us as a group, um, we got a lot of directions to go. It was, it was cool. Um, dude, me and you could talk all day, but uh, I can't today. But, no, I appreciate you having me on. I really do. Uh, I love chatting my world. I love talking about the career, and Conrad's opened this door. But uh, super excited about it. And, dude, I appreciate you uh, reaching out and uh, inviting me on your show. Absolutely, Jeff, man. And good luck so much. Obviously, you know, kind of from the bottom of my heart with the My World podcast, man. And that's something I'm going to keep you listening to for, you know, as long as you guys keep putting it out. Right on, brother. Right on. Drops every Tuesday. <laughs> Go to all social media, at Real Jeff Jarrett or My World Pod. Thanks, Leon. You got it, man. Say it. See ya. <laughs> hey, brother. Thank you, sir. You got it. All right, guys. So awesome. Um, so if you want to follow us, please follow us at Seize the Moment Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. And you could like and subscribe and hit the, obviously the subscribe button on YouTube. And see you on Sunday for an episode with Dr. David Brandel. And Alan will be back for the podcast. Then. Take care.